Welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm Kylie Flory, diver at Ohio State. And I'm Heath Calhoun. And I'm Aaron Rooney. And as you all know, this podcast is brought to you by Sideline Scout. Make sure you use our links, whether it is our Instagram bio or our website, get to sidelinescout.com. Get hooked up with Poolside Live. That is your video replay. By far the best in the business. Easy to use controls, very clear video quality, and just kind of a staple on every major pool deck. Um, the other thing to mention, Diving 101, that is our episode number two of the Diving Pod. So if you're new to the sport or want a refresher on how the numbers and the letters and the scoring works, head over to that episode number two. And then our newest sponsor is Crossbar. Um, they set us a, up a website, so you can go to divingpod.com. Check them out. They're great for teams. Um, like American Flyers also uses them that I know of. Um, it's really user-friendly. It is very, very easy to set up on the back end as well. They just recently helped us set up our first um, diving pod clinic that we'll be hosting at Clarion on June 7th, 8th, and 9th. Um, for you guys to come check that out, you can sign up right on the website. You can also set up your camp stuff. You can set up your club stuff. You can do insurance through the website. It's actually incredible, super good customer service. But without further ado, we're going to jump right in here with you, Kylie. So please give our listeners a book, movie, and TV show recommendation. Mm, that's a tough, I'll admit, I I don't really do that much reading. So not sure what to uh, what to uh, say for a, a good book. Um. TV show though, um, I will say personally, I'm a uh, I'm a big uh, anime fan. Uh, yeah. I really like this. Sh- I love Death Note. I think that is yes. That's it's got to be one of my like favorite of all time. That is <laughs> such a good uh, such a good show. Uh, movie. Um, I had I had recently watched uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, yep. and I I thought it was just an amazing work. It gets like really confusing and weird, but it some spots like it spots sorry it parts it starts to make more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. I just I thought it was a really uh, great work there. So. Cool. And, and that but, and um, that movie and that movie was like kind of like a multiversal theme, right? Like that was yes. I think that was right around the same time Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness came out. And they're like, if you want to watch a better movie that has to do with multiverses, they're like, watch everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, I, I haven't right. seen that uh, Doctor Strange thing, but like I I loved everything everywhere all at once. It was awesome. Cool. I might have, I might have to watch that. It racks my brain. I I struggle following and like where it's going, where where we're at but it's kind of fun to do that exercise, you know, try to challenge yourself. Such a thinker. Yeah. It keeps you thinking the whole time. For sure. All right. So sticking with the rapid fire here, what is your favorite food, favorite music, and then a fun fact that some may not know? Ah, all right. So, uh, favorite food. I, um, I absolutely love pancakes. I just breakfast. Breakfast foods in general. Okay. All right. Breakfast foods in general. Pancakes specifically. I um, love that. That's that's awesome. good. That's a, that's a different one. I like it. Yeah, I don't know. It's just yeah. Favorite meal of the day. I tend to like. I also tend to like sweeter things. It's just I don't know. I don't know. It's uh music. I 
it really is depending on the uh on the mood of um uh mood for me so generally when i'm at um a competition two thing one of two things could be going through my headphones i'm either listening to uh metal or i am putting on a video game soundtrack because i it kind of makes the competition yes. feel like it's a game and i'm the main character uh and it just <laughs> makes it more fun yeah um <laughs> that's a great i have never <laughs> even thought of that that is, that a, is a good one fantastic way to do that all right number one video game soundtrack that you've put on uh undertale all right nice excellent game excellent soundtrack yeah great for me it's but then also also if if you don't really like the video game idea i i just put in some like some good uh good old metal metal core new metal all that fun stuff nice cool and then fun fact something may not people may not know about you gosh that's a tough one uh Hmm. I'd, uh, yeah, that's, uh, something I, uh, to think about at a we little can circle uh, back. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. Circle back to that. All right, Kylie. So this gives our listeners the opportunity to get to know you a little bit and how you started in the sport of diving, how you got to where you currently are. Um, something that our listeners tended to continue to ask questions about is the recruiting process and what made you choose Ohio state? Well, um, so it, for me, I, I just, uh, when I started like talking to Justin, uh, it was just really, really easy to talk to him. And like sometimes, uh, with, with the recruiting process, you're kind of, just sending out a bunch of emails to coaches and like, like you could reach out to 20 schools and like three of them respond. And like, I don't know. Sometimes they take forever to get back to you and it's all sorts of stuff. When you start actually getting on the phone with them, like that's, it's where you really start um, to connect and you will feel a difference between what feels like, Oh, I'm like, trying to talk to this stranger to hopefully be a part of this program in this sort of like interview process almost versus you talk to someone and within like a minute, you're just talking to them like they're yeah. your friend already. Yeah. And like, that's, that's generally a good sign. Um, yeah. uh, interesting little story with uh, uh, the recruiting process for me. Um, I, when I was, I had this sort of list of schools I wanted to send out emails to, and you, know, you kind of do the typical like template, you know, replace it with the school name, coach oh, name. Oh no! And you have it's not going. This is not what you think. It's not a. It okay. was not a mess up like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like ready for you to um, be like, yeah, I emailed no. everywhere, and it just said Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> Would be funny, but that was not. It. And you know, you include like that some like video showcasing mm-hmm. all your diving and stuff. I, um, Ohio state was on that list, but we weren't able to find Justin's email on the website. Mm -hmm. So initially when I sent out just a bunch of emails, I didn't send one there. Um, and it took me a while until I actually reached out there because I, 
but eventually, um, oh, I forget if either uh my dad ended up finding it or if Steph did, but um, I got the e- I got I got the email, and then I still procrastinated this even more, and then. <laughs> But it just so happened that the day, uh, the day that I uh, emailed him, I got a response back rather quickly that kind of started with, like, hey, you were actually on my list of people to reach out to this day. And I was like, oh, wow, what a coincidence. Dang. That's awesome. And it was meant even to be. Bigger, yeah, even bigger coincidence, it fully worked out. So Yeah, that's killer. That was really interesting. So So now just kind of take us through, like, how did you get started in diving? Ah, uh, so I I have been diving since I was like six, I believe. I maybe started like a year or two after my brother did. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, I don't know, just seeing him do it. And then I was like, I, I, I want to do this too. The, the kind of the story with the both of us is like being in like swim lessons as a kid because our mm-hmm. parents wanted us to learn how to swim. Yep. Pool was right next to the house. And my brother gets to a certain age and he sees people going off the diving boards. He's like, oh, I, I really want to do that. Yeah. And then eventually I just followed suit. And it has stuck with the both of us now up until this point. So yeah, it seems, cool. seems to be going well for both of you, I would say. Um, yeah. so my, my follow-up for you is you, you mentioned coach Steph. So like, I always bring it up anytime. Cause so Steph went to Clarion where I now coach and where I went to school. Mm-hmm. What was it like diving for Steph? Give us your best and most appropriate Steph story. <laughs> <laughs> ah, man. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I felt like she was just all around like a really, uh, great coach. Definitely. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. She she could she could be tough sometimes, and I would know. Uh, I I would definitely know that sometimes, like if I was like, let's say I'm at nationals and I'm talking to people in line, and like, let's say I was trying to get Steph's attention, mm-hmm. and the next time I I saw the person like, oh like like Steph is your coach? Is she like <laughs> is she like scary or something? I'm like. But she's not scary and then you'll but then like right after i say that she's like yelling across the pool <laughs> <laughs> to be fair most of the most of the time it's just because it's really loud in there yeah. but uh there's also a good chance that i didn't do the one thing i was asked to do for the 20th time in a row that's which fair. you know yeah that's also fair that's super fair uh, yeah so so, and then my last question regarding Steph is which Flory gave her more grief, you or your brother? Oh, dear. That's a, that's a tough call. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you can plead the fifth if you wish. Um, All I will say is um that I believe she had max uh for longer (laughs) fair enough fair enough that's gonna that's gonna be my answer to that question (laughs) fair enough fair enough all right so max actually helped us a little bit with this next one um we know you had a difficult freshman year so talk to us a little bit about the timeline for your accident and then surgery just through that whole freshman year 
Right. So this is like day two of classes. All right. And, and I, I remember this, I was like, it was, uh, I had a class at 410 and I was leaving my dorm room at 408 and I was like, <laughs> oh, like, oh no, I'm so late to class. So I'm, I put down my longboard. Uh, it was electric uh, powered and I am booking it because I'm like, I'm late. I, I want to make it to this class. Um, so I'm going down this road. Uh, something somewhere in the ballpark, 25 to 30 miles an hour. So it's, it's going pretty fast. And um, this is a two-way street and a car, a car coming this way decides they are going to make a U-turn over the, like just cross over the double yellow, you know, just, I don't even think the driver even looked, which was oh, bizarre. Um, and I think they were going to pull off this U-turn because they saw there's like a cutout for the bus stop that was just mm -hmm. passing. Mm -hmm. um, so I see this car start to turn. I'm like, uh-oh. Uh so I'm like going as far over as that little like cutout will let me. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I just run out of room and into the car that's <clears throat> still just moving, like doesn't even acknowledge me. And I was trying to slow down as much as I could, but it's a longboard and I was going 25, 30 miles an <laughs> yeah. hour. I can't exactly just stop on a dime. Yeah, there's no I mean, brakes that, on that. <laughs> like it, well, it, there are, but even if I fully slammed it, I would lock the yeah. wheels and probably throw myself off the board and right. would have ended up probably with a similar fate anyway. <laughs> So I don't know. I did everything. I tried to do everything I, I could. Uh, just car hits me and it throws me off the board. Um, and I uh, ended up uh, fracturing my uh, tibial plateau in the process. Oh, I guess this is actually a fun fact, which is about that um, uh, accident is uh, – both the order in which I informed people about this accident and how I approached that. Because on upon impact, I, I guess like the adrenaline oh. stuff, I didn't realize how bad it was. So when some like bystander brought my phone to me, which uh, was pretty like shattered, because yeah, that also went flying. Um, I'm like trying to text in the group chat, I'm like, Hey guys, I'm I'm not exactly sure if I'll make it to lift tomorrow. I got hit by a car. I got hit by a car. <laughs> and and people are like, what? <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> um and then from there, just like uh, I'm playing phone tag with uh with uh like Justin and Jacob, who was our GA at the time. Um and then the trainers and uh all while, like, at the same time, uh, I'm being, like, put into the back of an ambulance, taken to uh, uh, the ER. Um, and then by the time I'm done playing, like, phone tag uh, there, I was, like, waiting on something. Um, like, I, I had all my stuff with me. So my next thought was, hmm, I need to email my professors. 
Wait, have you have, um, just for the record, have you told your family yet? No. This okay. is the fun fact. This okay. is so there's the fun fact there. Uh my family was the last uh to find out. My the order was uh my teammates, my professors, and then uh my family uh by the time that I was discharged from the ER. Oh my god. Because it wasn't because I was like holding out hope that like, oh, this is just going to be like a thing. It'll hurt for a bit. I'll be back to I'll get back to it. And then they said like, yeah, this like these like x-rays were uh, inconclusive. I'm like, OK, maybe there's still hope. And I'm waiting forever for this MRI. It it took hours. I think I spent in total 14 hours. Oh, man. In, yeah. Uh, Then after the. Uh, MRI, they're like, yeah, yeah, uh, your tibial plateau is fractured. Yikes. So then by that point, it said, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is bad. Fair. And, and, and then, you know, my then the rest of my family found out. <laughs> I, I so, the, so then did you need to get surgery later on or at any point? I did. Um, roughly two weeks after uh, the accident, um, I mean, and really, like, they were really trying to get it, like, pretty soon. Uh, the thing was, though, it was still, like, I just road rash. Right. Like, all there. So, like, they couldn't until that cleaned up a bit. But mm. after that, they just, you know, surgery. And then post-surgery, it was um, just over six weeks until I could begin to walk. Whoa. And then after that, I spent like the better part of um, like, I don't know, a month and a half for, for like, I don't know. I'd say like, well, I would say first it was like three weeks where I'm just swimming during practice mm -hmm. uh, for, and then with the trainers doing some rehab. And right. then after that, I was doing lineups mm -hmm. and a lot of just a lot of lineups mm -hmm. Um and again, also working with the trainers, doing some like rehab and like strengthening. Because um, really, like after after that period where I was allowed to walk again, uh, the bone is like fully healed, mm -hmm. but everything surrounding that is just weak. Yeah, uh, I remember actually being in uh, in weights because okay, so after after the accident, I was still going to weights. Um, with just heavily <laughs> modified workouts, uh, as in like, so I would, if it was upper body day, I could do a lot of things. Like if people are doing, you know, doing overhead press, I would just have to be sitting down, grab mm -hmm. some, grab dumbbells, mm -hmm. people doing pull-ups. Like they didn't want me jumping up and down to grab things reasonably. There. So I would sit at like the lap pull down machine. So I could just mm -hmm. be sitting. That's smart. Uh, the leg days were a bit harder to work with. And I, <laughs> um, I, I ended up doing a lot of single leg leg press with the, uh, with the uninjured leg. There you go. But it got to a point, but when I was like more cleared for, uh, for activity, I, um, I, I just remember this point it was really funny. I was leg pressing 225 pounds on my right leg, the one I did not injure. Right. And then coach wanted me to like slowly start to work in with the uh the uh leg that I was recovering on my left leg mm -hmm. and we put a single 
25 pound plate on that machine and it was hard oh man i was like oh my god that is a difference that that is the deficit so you know it was it was nice being able to walk again but i had this huge strength deficit to make up that's insane one i don't really fully know how you just are so like ho-hum days, like you're just so easygoing about this we're kind of already like dipping our toe into that next question but before we talk about just the physical aspects of coming back and how you did that what was that like for your mental health like I can't imagine oh fr- freshman year second day on campus I can only imagine you're so excited to get going and training and being with your team what was that like from a mental health perspective like where were the struggles and how did you help yourself in that aspect in the mental health aspect Right. So to that effect, I would say, so like me wanting being like, so eager to be like back in, in, uh, the weight room and trying to like push for more things. I, it, I mean, it's, it's like clawing for, uh, just to be able to do it again. I just really wanted, um, to do things. And Mm -hmm. I would have, I do have to say huge props to our, our strength coach, uh, uh, Ryan for, uh, allowing that to have to happen for me to continue to participate and um being able to uh rehabilitate well but like mm-hmm. it was it was just tough uh yeah i i'd say really the you know <laughs> i because even while i'm at at weights still doing something uh, I look around me and people are doing the things I want to be doing. And an even yeah. worse feeling, uh, the, uh, the worst feeling is being at like this corner of the dive well, swimming laps back and forth. And when I take a, take a minute to, to stop and I just see everyone bouncing around and doing flips, all this <laughs> stuff, I'm like, ah, uh, and like it. Yeah, uh, like diving's like a just it's just a such a big and important thing for me. Like, mm-hmm. I almost like it is so difficult for me to imagine my life without it. That having that time where uh, I my like training was like incredibly limited, almost like just non-existent. Yeah, it was crushing. Yeah. I never thought I would be so excited to do lineups all day. <laughs> but when I was told like, hey, you can do lineups, I was like, sweet. Like, oh, I was I was so happy to just show up and do lineups all day. Best yeah. day ever. You get giddy again. It's like a do, little kid. Do do you feel it kind of gave you like a new found it seems like you already had a very real appreciation and understanding for how much diving meant to you but did it give you like a newfound appreciation for being able to do the sport and like almost i mean i would tell you a lot of people take it for granted but it seems like you didn't definitely oh yeah definitely i i i will admit like uh it's like initially where like the actual amount of time doesn't really set in and then like a couple weeks in, you start to really notice, yeah. like, wow, I still have so much to go. I, I, I would say that, like, I was like, 
I was really depressed about that. Like that was, it was a, it was a very tough time uh, for me. Um, If I mean to take maybe like some silver lining from it, it did help as a good adjustment for like school. Right. That drastic, that just drastic shift to like training at the college level and being a college student yeah. can be really rough for uh, people. And me, uh, uh, majoring in uh, computer science, this is that that is a that is a tough major. That is a yeah. tough major for people that are not athletes. Yeah, and that don't have that time commitment. Um. So that sort of it almost like eased me more mm-hmm. into it. Um so some like silver lining there. It yeah helped that out, but yeah. So how did you what was it? Was it being able to when when someone looked at you and said, Hey, you can do lineups today, was that one of the key pieces to kind of getting you out of that like that hole you were in mentally? Or was it just something that you noticed, you I, acknowledged, and you worked through that? I guess uh for me so gosh it was i guess just like yeah every bit more that i had to look forward to Mm -hmm. that was something it was just that would uh clear things up because even post uh surgery i'm like like i'm like oh my god six weeks this is so long like yeah okay well it's this many days till this bandage can come off (laughs) yeah and it's like this many days till I'm allowed to be in water. Right. If it wasn't for like bone healing reasons, it was the incision. Yeah. It's like, like, okay, this long until I go and they take the stitches out or that, that would have come before me being in the pool. But like I started, it's just sort of like looking at it at like steps. Yeah. And then eventually like I get to this point where I'm like, oh my God, this is like, this is like the last x-ray they do and I get, and they're going to let me uh, start uh, easing back on to walking again. That's exciting. And I like going like, it was such a good feeling going from like, you know, like both crutches to just one that I was effectively just using as a cane. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so like, I could manage how much weight I was putting on that foot. Yeah. And and then just like realizing when I was at a point, I was like, huh, I don't actually need this. I can walk. I could just, and I was just, it's just like, I would walk uh, a lot. And I, I was like, so happy to do it. I would just, I would like <laughs> walk so many places. I'm like, look, look, I can, I can walk now. <laughs> so, it's so just, here's there's all these little things. Here's a good yeah. one. Is there like a new no longboard rule for the Ohio State divers? Um, you know, uh, I I imagine I imagine the coaches upon. would would want would want to have some kind of rule like that, but <laughs> uh, I know like the entire team has like their electric <laughs> scooters or or longboards if that's their thing. Uh. But your campus is so insanely large that you almost have to have some type of way to get around campus quicker. Yeah. But also, interestingly enough, I'm not the only person to have been hit by a car. (laughs) What? That's insane. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah, that I yeah, there, there's like some swimmers too. Like Oh my oh god. This is not a dive this is not just a dive team issue. This was a, a swim team issue as well. Nice. Uh, right. at least so far as I heard. So my last question kind of on this topic for you, Kylie, is you know, you've talked a little bit about what it was like coming back mentally, a little bit about what it was like coming back just physically. Talk to us a little bit about what it was needed to get the dives you previously had back with that strength deficiency that you mentioned. And how long did that take? Because I still remember Jacob texting us and being like, I'm so excited that Kylie is get to going to get to be let loose during um, winter training. When you guys went to, you went somewhere, Mexico, Mexico. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Tell us what it took yes. to get those dives back. Cause you do hard dives. Ah, <laughs> uh. So, um, the way it, it ended up going for me, um, uh, I would say just, um, so really, uh, the big hurdle was just, uh, funnily enough, getting to enough strength that I could do a hurdle. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, so I don't know. A lot of that, that came from like s stuff we were doing in the, uh, training room was just progressively each like each week there was more stuff that i was doing and i was getting more confident with it um but then um i you know also uh when I, when i was cleared to uh I, I was permitted to be doing more stuff in the weight room to be building up uh strength and uh i just gotta say like our strength program is just great and i like i think that definitely just really helped me build it back up mm -hmm. so while i maybe while i probably uh, almost certainly was not 100 percent as strong as i was at during uh uh mexico um this uh i did like just prior to that get cleared to and allowed uh to be doing hurdles which that's the big thing. If I can bounce the board, yep, I can just do my dives. Right. Yep. And uh so I didn't end up sending everything uh there. I did I did do my whole three meter list and one meter list. Uh the tower list uh was just not so sure about uh I was a little unsure about the front approach right. on towers still by this point. Um is that right? Mm -hmm. I think I think at that time I was. I either was still or just was or maybe was just starting to and didn't want to send the dive. Um kind of forget. But uh, I don't remember doing any fronts on 10 meter that that's about it. Right. Uh, yeah. And then I didn't end up doing, I didn't end up doing back or gainer mostly because of fear. I was, scared <laughs> of those like, times. yeah, I don't blame you. I'd be scared too. I'd be like, yeah, I don't want to do that. I mean, handstand took it, took it right up. I mean, that was, that was fine. Uh, I'm telling myself, I'm like, well, Obviously, I could do this 100% because it's no legs. Yep. 
It's no legs. That's of perfect. course. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> and to be fair, it did go it did go all right. Um uh it was still doing one and a half twist at the time, but mm. still. Um but yeah, I mean Mexico was like the first time really doing like doing like real dives, mm-hmm. real yeah. full dives again. That was oh, was such an amazing trip. I I I love that. Yeah. I bet you ha- I bet you had a very different appreciation for that trip than some others on your team. Yeah. I mean, it was just I don't know. It I just I, it was just so great and of course just getting to be in Mexico. I mean, which Yeah. You know, it's like one sweet. I get to be in Mexico and we we'd be like out on the beach when we're not practicing and all that. And then two, I was like, oh my God, I'm like doing real dives again. Um, yeah. We were at a point though uh, where it was getting close to like, you know, the bigger parts of the season. Mm-hmm. And I like just did my big dive. So then this was the point where like deciding like, I, we got, I want a red shirt this year. This, right. it is not going to make sense for me at all to compete. Right. Uh, Justin thought that was the right call as well. So, that's nice when you guys are in alignment on that. Yeah. Yeah. So Kylie, what is something maybe outside of diving that you're passionate about? Wow. Um, you know, uh, there are, there, are, uh, there are quite a few, uh, quite a few things. Um, I like to get, I, I mean, like I'm, I'm pretty, uh, passionate about just, um, I guess like keeping up with stuff that's happening in the world mm. around me and like, uh, you know, the current events, like current, like, uh, causes and movements mm. that are, uh, happening. I, I think it's just super important to be staying informed and like doing what you can to affect those in the way that you, mm-hmm. you wish. Cause it's one thing to like see what's going on and like think something be like, or you're like, Oh, this is horrible. Or like, Oh, this is great. Or the good win. Uh, it's another thing to let it, but it's another to witness and then take what you're seeing into action and mm-hmm. going out and doing something about it. Sure. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, also, I've also got some more uh, just like personal interests, like in with uh, music, I, uh, I play the drums, piano, guitar, and bass. Wow. <laughs> That's really I can, impressive. I, I like now some of the, some of those more than others, like definitely the drums more than any of those, but mm-hmm. I still know, I uh, still know a little bit of uh, piano and uh, could probably use to practice it a bit more. Uh, I can't have my drum set in my, uh, uh, dorm room though <laughs> although after this semester when i uh move off campus i will uh i'll have my drum set there so i'll be nice i do have that'd a be, that'd be i did fun bring an acoustic to. guitar uh with me into my room so i still get to play that yeah all right i have two That's questions awesome. for you regarding playing drums yeah. One, one, can you read music or are you able to listen to it and nope. just play the mu- you just play the music along with what you hear? 
Uh, yeah, and uh, that goes for any uh, any instrument. I can't read music at all. That's incredible. That wow. is a gift. And then my follow-up for drums, have you – I feel sure your answer is going to be yes. Have you listened to the drummer? His name is like El Estepario. He has the giant beard, and he'll play everything like one-handed. Ooh, I'm not all familiar, right. actually. When, when we get off this, I'm going to send them to you. He is insane. He is absolutely insane. Like he'll play like System of the Down, Slipknot. He'll play it all. Oh, one-handed. I love System of a Down. Hell he'll, yeah! All he'll play one-handed. like Chop Suey. Yes, it's insane what he does on like it. I'm I literally need, yeah. I, I'm gonna need to see this. That's I cool. went down this rabbit hole and I just like my divers are like, "What are you watching today, Coach?" And I'm like, "I'm watching this drummer and I've been watching him for three hours." And they're like, "What?" And I'm like. <laughs> No, yeah. I've seen like I've seen various drummers on TikTok and stuff, and like I've seen someone that's doing like full on blast beats, one handed. Yep. Yep. Like, how, like how? How? Are yeah. You doing- I like uh, I forget what the one guy's name is. Like Colby something Ful- Fulton maybe. He like does like um, reviews on people, and he like watches this guy. He goes, I think I'm watching the best drummer in the world. Like I don't know if people can do this. Like it's insane. So I'll send him. But enough about that. I'll send that to you after um, we get off the podcast because I think it's incredible. Um, so, Kylie, this next one. So for our listeners, they don't know how like the process of setting up the interview goes. But typically, once you agree to do an interview, we will ask out all the guests, hey, is there anything you're passionate about that you want to discuss? So when we were setting up this interview, you said you were really interested in discussing LGBTQ in particular as it pertains to trans and non-binary athletes. So I really want to – this is the first time we've ever broached this subject on the podcast. I want to give you the floor – to talk about this um and then we'll ask some follow-up questions after that if that's okay yeah of course um so uh for those that uh don't know uh i am uh non-binary uh so this is a personal uh sort of a uh thing for me um i'm sure if you uh if you keep up with stuff that's been going uh going on uh in the world in the country um we've seen a lot of like uh, targeted anti-trans legislate legislation show up and decent amount of it uh, targets um, uh, trans women in sports um, so uh, it's uh, I don't know so it's 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 interesting like uh, people are are obviously uh, are always going to be um, concerned about sort of the um, you know, uh, competitive like uh, fairness and competition and uh, stuff like that. But um, I think it's always important. We should be actually looking at like the science, like this legit like legislation that comes up wants to like be banning all like the healthcare that uh, pertains to uh, trans people. And this also, and you know, it's a, a consequence just like, and, and like to also like, like essentially be eliminating trans people from sports, but like the the stuff is well documented in terms of uh, both how it affects like athletic performance and just the general health. And you know we could be going off of medical guidelines that are uh, you know set out by uh, by these institutions by actual doctors that are all sort of you know in favor, in support of trans people in trans healthcare and, you know, allowing those who have medically transitioned 
to uh, compete in the category of which they have medically transitioned to. Because it does, like, you know, there are actual a lot of changes that happen there. And, uh, you know, I think, I think particularly, um, that's more like more sports in- institutions should be uh, implementing uh, policies to be allowing this, uh, you know, to be inclusive to trans people. And if they need a, and like needing a guideline for fairness, we can look, we have the science, we have uh, research that uh, that supports this, that could allow this uh, to happen. That's true. Sure. Well, I think like you, you said it well, first and foremost, one, thanks for sharing all of this because in my, I I don't know. I think this is not an easy topic to discuss, especially with everything that goes on in our country, but how can coaches, athletes, the diving community, how can they do better to be allies to the LGBTQ community? Like what are some, some simple things, maybe our listeners that aren't educated on the subject, which one, you kind of mentioned it earlier in some things you're passionate about of like, become educated, do some outside research, but what are some things the community coaches, athletes, the listeners to this podcast can do to be better allies and support people within that community? Yeah. So, I mean, so obviously some of the things I had already touched on here would are changes at the institutional level. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of going to go level by level here. So Mm -hmm. institutional level, you know, USA Diving, World Aquatics. We kind of talked about, you know, they could be listening to medical professionals here and implementing policy. Uh, but obviously, me talking about that isn't actually going to directly um, affect that. And we probably uh, any of the any of our listeners here, unless they're maybe right. part of a part of that decision making, can't immediately affect that. So right. go down uh, next level. Um, so uh our you know our coaches uh, mm-hmm. and teams um so if you're a coach and you have a uh transgender or non-binary athlete um you re- and you like aren't sure what to do how to uh support them the best thing you can do uh is to try to in a sort of uh safe environment open that dialogue with the athlete because one uh we are not a monolith all of us will have different needs Mm -hmm. uh and different uh sort of accommodations to be making uh making this an inclusive um uh space uh for us um but and then uh and then like you know uh just making sure like uh the team understands that the this should to be like uh you know accepting of um of this uh of this uh athlete i know sometimes you know maybe maybe uh some with some more with some teams uh than others uh you'll see maybe more like uh, a divide between like the men's and women's team out even outside of the pool and it right. depends all on the team sometimes you know yeah, like sometimes you just see more uh you see more of them where it's like oh like 
all the all the girls are doing doing this uh the friday saturday night or whatever right the guys end up doing this and, and like or some are more often are doing like whole team sort of things uh outside of the pool so like even in that even in that regard outside of the pool being sort of inclusive there because it goes beyond just what you do in yeah. sport to uh be inclusive it's yeah. yeah out outside of it make sure you actually really are recognizing that person for who they are when they've shared that yeah. uh with you that's it so yeah that's kind of you know uh, i guess the sort of the bottom line is to just really understand that specific person yeah. and what they need uh at, if you're a teammate if you're if you're a coach if even if you're like uh i don't know uh i i don't exactly know what's further up the chain right. for teams at universities uh but if if that if further up the chain there is able to um you know uh ask i just because if they're if they're un, you know unsure or don't really have clear policy ask yeah. your transgender athletes and yeah. like listen because even you can even go further up that up that line in the uh, at the institution and, um, you know, make the uh, make the accommodations. It's just a like if you're uneducated and don't really know, listen. Yeah, but I think you said it really well. Of like, just I want to make sure I understood correctly. So really, from the coach's perspective, in in my case. What if that situation occurs? I have a, a trans non-binary athlete. I need to create a safe space. And then whenever that opportunity comes for that dialogue, whenever that athlete is ready to have that conversation, I just need to listen. I genuinely like I, I like to say this all the time. You need to listen and not hear them. You actually need to listen and take in the information they're presenting and and ask questions so you can better understand because me as a 31-year-old man is not gonna understand that but i need to be better at understanding and so therefore i need to listen i need to ask good questions and just be supportive like am, am i understanding correctly does that does that appropriately yeah, summarize what I, a coach should be doing definitely uh yeah you you should all, always be always be listening when you don't know when yeah. you don't know <laughs> it sounds silly listen. to say that you have to clarify that but so many people now just they just are like, oh, that you just get the head nod. And it's like, oh, you're not actually listening to me. You've tuned yeah, me right. out at this point. And it's like, no, you, oh, you had your you had your mind made up already. You had yep. your solution. Mm. made. Like, no, listen and actually work with them to come up with the uh, with an amenable uh, solution. And, and I think that's you said you said something that hits really like close to home in the sense of like you had your mind made up already. It's like situations and people are complex. They're not. It's rare that situations and and people are simple. It's like, so you need to listen and ask questions and do those things. And like you said, for teammates, like just truly be inclusive, like get to know people for who they are, like accept them, like move forward. And like, and at the end of the day, like we, we talk about it with our athletes on the team. I don't expect, cause you, you guys have a, you, you guys have a fairly large team at Ohio state too. Like it's probably an unrealistic expectation to assume like Lyle is going to get along with 60 other people. There's probably right. someone in that 60 that isn't going to like Lyle for whatever reasons, whether they're valid or invalid, but it's like, find your group that supports you, that accepts you and spend time with them and continue to just foster those good relationships and help and help educate. Cause like you said, like 
if you're not educated, you have to listen and you have to try to yeah. become educated. And that's a big one for sure. So, oh yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you Absolutely. so much for sharing. And and hopefully Kyle, that's a topic we can talk about more in the future as well. Yeah. yeah. And Kylie, how has the diving community been in terms of welcoming and um, inclusive? I like to think as a whole diving in general is very inclusive. Would you agree with that one? Well, so, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of an, uh, interesting point, uh, to bring up. Cause I, I think we would like to think that, okay. I think we, we, we want, I gen genuinely, we want this to be, uh, to be very, uh, yeah. inclusive, but, uh, I think there's uh, always spots um, we can be doing uh, uh, better. So mm -hmm. if you weren't all uh, um, aware, uh, World Aquatics has a just blanket ban on trans women competing in the women's uh, category. And it's regardless of whatever of uh, status of their medical transition or not. Uh, okay. But, Right. Um, and that that is not a very uh, inclusive thing in the world of uh, diving in terms of generally the people like the other athletes um, I've come across. Um, you know, uh, I would say it's mostly been been good from good, like well received from other uh, athletes, um, although, you know. I can't exactly speak for everyone that has tried to mm -hmm. do uh, that. Uh, everyone like me in the sport, because um, so I um, the the in my uh, so like my my current like sort of status and plan. I'm not medically transitioning. Mm -hmm. I continue to to dive in uh, men's diving, mm -hmm. and there's actually a, a sort of another reason there's actually a, a reason in there outside of the whole thing that as an interesting point is a is men doing six dives as and women doing five and i think oh it's, yeah it's the dumbest thing ever if you ask or, yeah. yeah that is ridiculous yep. how could you do a platform list and not have a handstand in it yep yeah we, yep we agree we, yeah we've said yeah. that on this podcast many times yeah, for <laughs> yeah. Sure. that's uh so uh I had, I had had, but like, even like simple things like, um, finding, like finding out how to get like my name changed at, at USA diving and in yeah. dive meets, like, and it wasn't that it was necessarily a difficult process. Like once I found out who I had to, who I had to, uh, contact and all that, it was like simple. I sent out an email and then got back to then it was got back to you right away like yep we did it but <laughs> um like i don't know i i would have maybe appreciated a little bit more guidance in finding mm, out right. like hey what what do i need to do uh sure. but you know so you know sometimes simple things like that and i said with among other athletes for the most part right it's been good but it's mostly who I like choose to associate with now part right. of choosing Ohio state uh, for me uh, is that the team is mm. was very accepting. Uh, 
I I am not saying I'm not saying names, but I can't I cannot I can say that this cannot be said to be true for uh everyone I was uh I dove with on DDC. Right. Sure. There were there were some people uh there uh who were great about it and accepting when I came out and uh some others uh uh not so much sure. right right yeah let's um uh, so the next one kind of on my list not to like segue away from that thank you for sharing oh. number one first and foremost but um next one here what advice would you give to a young diver um i would say uh ask your coaches questions nice so it's really uh now i know probably maybe in your experiences i i don't know if this actually if this is your experience as a coach but the amount of coaching i've done sometimes it can i can understand it getting a little tedious to hear maybe some endless stream of questions like oh why do i why am i doing this how do i do that but i think that i think that's great if you uh, if yeah. you don't think if you don't find that annoying that's great. No, no yeah. I agree with you. I, I tell my athletes, ask questions. If I can't tell you why, then we'll stop doing it. Cause then I can't tell you why it's important. Exactly. And that yeah. was exactly the That's point. I, Cause it, and it goes both ways. Uh, Cause mm -hmm. the thing is sometimes you as a coach might actually know the answer, but you don't know, you know, the answer, right? You haven't yeah, been, that's... or rather something may work, but you don't know why it works. But when you learn why that works, that's new knowledge that can yeah. help you make uh, give better corrections mm -hmm. and and it helps so it so this was a supposed to be advice for uh uh a diver but it also <laughs> helps the coach yeah. i mean yeah, it this, does yes it helps the coach but it helps you as the diver because mm -hmm. you're asking like because if you if you don't understand something even if you're like okay fine i'll just because even if you understand how to do it but not why and you're like okay yeah. i'll just do it then what are you really doing? You're just this, you're just being like this machine taking an input, giving an output, but like, I don't know, maybe you could eventually figure out why on your own, but that's one mind thinking about it versus two. And yep. also like, I don't know, in the moment, like having no answer to that, it's not really satisfying for me yeah. personally. I can't make myself do anything without knowing the reason why I'm doing yeah. it first. So yeah. Ask your coaches questions. Yeah. To, like try understand that you're probably not going to be the expert on everything. I, I like the model of coach is going to be the expert on diving, but you are the expert on you. Yeah. You understand what it's you understand. You understand better than anyone what you personally need and how you understand things. Yep. And the only way that this is really going to get across well to your coach is if you're kind of, if you have, if you're going back and forth with them, like sharing and like, like asking questions about, yeah. about this and sharing like, okay, but, but, but this sort of thing in my experience and from the coaching perspective, like I, or at least I, I would say a good coach would take that mm -hmm. and then use their expertise. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I hear you. This is what you're experiencing. And then here's what I have to add. And that, that will make that, 
this will just help you understand what you're doing so much yeah. better and it'll it'll make things click faster and helps your coach yeah uh develop themselves as a as a coach yeah i think you hit the nail on the head there like that's what that's what immediately went to my mind was like when an athlete asks me a question forces me to have to contextualize the question think about it then respond with an answer to that it forces me to be better you have to be a better coach which every athlete like um eric best from indiana he says this he apparently at camps he always says who here wishes they had a better coach and his college kids would always raise their hand he's like they should want me to be better every day like every athlete should want their coach to get better with them and um and one of my favorite things, actually, we talked about like coaches we look up to. And I think John fought. We both think John Fox is just an awesome coach. And one of the things I admire about him, I notice he says a lot. He very rarely ever speaks in definites like this is the way to do it. He'll say, I think this is the best way for you. And I really admire that to think like he's trying his best to like for this athlete. This is what I think will work for this athlete. This is what I think will work. And they're different. So I think. Asking questions, amazing advice for a young diver. All right, Kylie, you do not have to answer this question if you don't want to. We don't require people to answer it. Who is your top rank ranked United States diver? Damn, that is a tough question. <laughs> uh, and see, the thing is, is like, are we, like, are we talking like all around on any How particular event? However like, you want to take it. Ugh. Um. God, this is I feel like you're gonna catch some heat if you don't pick your brother, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, I would say at least like uh among like the I I would say like on on platform, uh it's hard to like pick one because yep. it's like, yep. like you, you say like, oh, this is a top ranked diver, and then like the next day there's a competition and, <laughs> and they they, they bomb it completely. Yeah, like, yeah, well, for sure. So any obviously like anything can happen at a meet, and you of look course. at all these people's records, and it's like, oh, one day this person was here, but then is that, um, so I'm gonna just give the three on right on platform, uh, Brando, my brother, Jordan Rezepka. Nice. Right. Good picks. Good picks. Yeah. Very good. All right. And last one before his signature questions here. What does success mean to you? Um, so for me, uh, for me, success, uh, I guess like um, a kind of simple, maybe overdone answer is just, uh, enjoyment and fulfillment yeah. but you know what do I what do I mean exactly by that so like in uh, to use diving as an example it it does not feel uh, enjoyable and fulfilling to me to stay doing the same thing for too long so uh in that sense i guess it's just uh progression and improvement uh 
constant, um, I guess, so in that sense, I could define success as having an uh, a a realistic goal always in sight. Yeah, which is interesting. You might think about you think about success yeah. as being some destination. It's actually the constant, the journey, and the process. You're yeah, like if I have. So it, it it's like interesting that if I hit like my absolute best it probably wouldn't feel successful. I would, because <laughs> the feeling I would get is, oh, what's I next? plateaued. Mm. Or, or yeah, <laughs> if I can't see what's next, I'm like, wow, I've, I, I, I've hit the top. Yeah. Um, perhaps uh, successes uh, could all, could just be in the, the ability to shift your mindset appropriately to contextualize the situation. So seeing it as this, like be as successes, being able to keep reaching while I still have that in me is a great mindset to have right now. But, and if you think about, like, if you think about climbing a mountain, um, you know, be, you could see success as being able to keep getting the, to the mm. next like level on that. But it is important. It is all the more important to be able to shift that mindset once you're at the top. To just like see, like, wow, okay. And I guess if you're like climbing a mountain, it's really easy to see because you physically can just see. Look at that. Like you have a physical, immediate response to look at all I've done. It, you don't. It's harder to get that in, uh, in a in a sport. But you have to like. Yeah. Remind yourself, like, hey, look back at all this. Yeah. Look at what you've done. Yeah, that's super, super true. Yeah. So Rooney is in the mindset, coming to terms with where you're at. Yeah. So Rooney, before you jump to your signature questions, that's actually my last kind of question on this subject for you, Kylie, is do you struggle with that taking a moment to reflect and appreciate the journey? Yeah. Uh that is a struggle. I so I would say that like that shifting of mindset's what success means, but I say that, but I struggle with that. Yeah. Um, anytime I get any period where I'm like, not just going up and improving, mm -hmm. it's tough. Yeah. It, it's, and it, it just does not feel great. It's just a, so it's not easy. I mean, yeah, success is not easy. Yep. Shifting that mindset is not easy. Yep. But, uh, yeah. You know, I guess to like really make that happen, I, I don't know, I like to just watch old videos. Mm. Yeah. I watch, I watch yeah. videos of me all the time. Sometimes it's not great. I'm like, oh, well, look, I did this dive really well then, like a couple weeks ago. After, and then I'm like, okay, wait, wait, let's actually, let's go back further. Let's go back six months ago. And, there was probably there was like some really egregious thing wrong. I'm like, see, I'm not I'm not doing that thing anymore. Yeah. I nope. I fixed this on my comeouts. My my dives are uh, have been, have brought in closer. Whatever it is, um, I think just being able to yeah like having having those videos to look uh look back on, is helpful for being able to have that mindset shift. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. for sure. 
All right, we'll get into the signature questions now. We don't treat failure like it's a bad thing, more of an opportunity for growth. So from that perspective, what would you say your favorite failure is or just your best opportunity for growth? Hmm. Um, I would say, uh, so it's kind of a interesting one um, for me. So this is, uh, this was uh, my first senior nationals in, come on, I can remember the year. It would have been, tw- would have, yeah, it would have been 2021. This was at IU. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still with uh, Steph uh, at this point. Um, and I didn't dive that well. Uh mm-hmm. I, I was like one place out of the final and was like, well, um, you know, maybe like, at least I don't have, I, you know, I was about to be like, well, I don't have to do another list list again. At least I can just sit and re- I can like reflect on what was up with this. Like why, maybe why that, that's, that wasn't such a good meet for me. Uh, or what, or, uh, you know, like what can I do next time? to be better prepared and come with, come in with better energy and feel more like what I was doing in practice just, you know, weeks before. Um, and then I had to, then I had, had to cut all that because someone that was in the final was scratching for (laughs) injury or something. And I was like, okay, you need, (laughs) it's time to figure, to figure all that out immediately because the next time is now right now i will say in this story it didn't just didn't shape up that that well um immediately it would have been insane if somehow i figured out all this introspection <laughs> and preparation in yeah. the span of two minutes uh in the two minutes that i found out and then in the however much time later in the day the final was but um, I guess then there was another lesson in that. It was like, you know, things can – is to recognize things can change at uh, any moment and to uh, learn – and to, like, sit there and learn, like, all right, what is it that, that you need uh, to, uh, to prepare and yeah. to, like, set yourself up right? I – and I – I love the uh, I love the idea of when you get to competitions, do what you know. Yeah. Um, you advice. you are not going to make some crazy life altering correction at a meet. Uh, you simply aren't. So the idea is just do what you know. Like, yeah. All right. The best thing the best thing that you can hope for at a competition, um is for it to just is for every dive to go like the average or just above average of what you yep. do in practice. Yeah. Most people are expecting above that, but what's realistic is like a set of average dives. And if yep. you if you keep to that mindset of do what you know, that is all the more likely. If you yeah. want that competition to improve, up your average in practice. That's what but that's yeah. what practice is for. Yep. <clears throat> It's really good advice. Yeah, for sure. 
All right. So what are you doing now to improve? What am I? Um, so, uh, aside from just, you know, the typical, like, you know, strength program and practice, uh, that we have, um, I have been making use of, uh, our sports psychologist, uh, nice. that we have, um, and what, what's great is, uh, they will also still, they will also like help with things, uh, outside of, of the pool that are, that are maybe bothering you. Cause well, really it does end up carrying it in, into the pool. Mm -hmm. And yep. so some of it is, you know, some of it's being able to sort of separate that, which, yeah. um, can be hard. I kind of like the idea of, okay, if I don't resolve this within the next two hours, is this, is something crazy going to happen? Is the situation going to change radically? Yeah. And nine times out of 10, the answer is no. So I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. well, for the next two hours, I can afford to not worry about it. Yeah. The second I hit the water on my last dive, I can think all I want about that and try and resolve it and all that. Uh, but then, uh, um, of course, just uh, sort of, you know, coming back from bad from maybe bad competitions or just like, you know, a warm up wasn't so great, or yeah. really the worst thing in my opinion is dives dives number one or two being like not good because hmm. then it's like oh crap i'm already behind <laughs> yeah. right right yeah all right I, so with diving what is your why why do you love it so much gosh that's uh so um if you if you couldn't tell by the speed at which I like to ride my longboard, I am a bit of an <laughs> adrenaline junkie. I love, I, I love adrenaline. I just love that feeling. So diving does that for me, for sure. Um, I send it, sending, you know, harder and harder dives like that, you know, so that feeling that I get just that, that rush every time I do yeah. something off 10 meter and, you know, but also it's more so just like the reason why I do it is because I don't know what I would do if I <laughs> didn't. Hmm. What, like, what else, why, why am I doing this? Well, what else, what else would I do? Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. what is most natural for me to do uh, every day. And I, you know, Sometimes it's like taking breaks is obviously needed for recovery, but sometimes it like, it's like tough. And I'm like, oh man, like I just miss it. Like, oh, I want to, I want to dive. I want to do this. And so, uh, sometimes it'll get to a point where I'm like really feeling worse about myself when I'm not in the pool. But the second I get back in, it's, it's just great. I'm like, yeah, this, like, this where is you belong. What, this is what I should be doing yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. All right. My final one is what is your spirit animal? Hmm. Um, huh. 
I have that is not something I've thought too much uh, about. Um, kind of like otters, honestly. Yeah, that's close a good to, one. That is a good one. And the water, you know, close to the water there, and uh, yeah, they're just adorable, cute little creatures. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just kind of. I don't. I don't know if I really understand the whole I- idea of where the spirit animal is supposed to be, but I like them, so perfect. I will go with that. <laughs> yeah, like that's it. perfect. Nice. All right, favorite drill. Favorite drill. It's an interesting uh, uh, question um, for me because I uh, am quite. <laughs> I'm quite well known well known among my team for really disliking doing the skills and drills and just wanting to send my ops all the time. Nothing about that surprises me at all. (laughs) Yeah. Like a dream practice for me is like, all right, we're doing two times through your list on 10 meter. I'm like, yes, (laughs) yes. This is like nightmare practice is when, uh, when the coach is like, all right, we're just going to do, we're going to do like Oh three and Oh five, all directions on three meter. Like, oh, no. So what would be a drill that you don't go, oh, no. You're just like, okay, I can deal with that. Well, honestly, I that's my answer for favorite drill. Um, it's not one uh, that I like, but I recognize just how helpful okay. and useful it is. Um, and it's literally just doing a, doing hurdles, your arms over your head yeah. the whole time. Yeah, because you don't realize how much you are using things that are not your legs to do focus on your balance and board work. And if you think about what's optimal, it is optimal that your legs are entirely responsible for that and your Mm -hmm. arms are entirely responsible for setting up uh, your throw and your takeoff direction, Mm -hmm. right? Like separating their jobs. Yeah. Um and if you can be so balanced on on your legs and like something just so happens to be a little bit off, it'll take less effort to correct it because now you have more moving parts that can. Yeah. If you can correct it with your arms over your head, you can absolutely correct it when they're swinging like they normally do. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I like that, Joe. I am not very good at this and actually not very good <laughs> at getting a consistent hurdle, <laughs> but, but it is still a great uh, drill for that. Um, yeah. Should probably focus more on the, the drills <laughs> stuff. As, as much as I don't like them. Uh, it's really helpful. All right. Best advice given and or received. Gosh. So, um, this, uh, this I had actually, um, uh, so I had actually gathered this, uh, from reading an essay. This is the, and the advice, it actually, the context had nothing to do with diving, but I think, well, it, I think it one applies there and two just uh, applies anywhere. I mean, because it has to do with 
uh, perception and understanding of things. And uh, the idea is uh, that uh, is that knowledge of something first comes from perception. From perception, then you can build uh, onto into the rational stage of knowledge, the thinking about it. So like you must actually ex to to really know is a combination of act of experiencing a thing plus developing that into a concept and thinking about it. Mm. So I say this can apply into diving because yeah. uh, you don't like you do have to just try mm -hmm. to like fix that. If you're just like, you know, like you can never uh, correct uh, like the come out of your dive. If you never do it. Yeah. And the first time you do it, probably not going to go the best. It won't be right. <laughs> but now you have the experience of doing it. And now the rational, the rationalizing piece comes in. Yeah. And then here's the key part of that is that from that has comes back into experience yep. and it's a feedback loop. Yeah. Uh, so the best the I get yeah, best advice I've ever received is literally is breaking down uh, knowledge and understanding into the two components of perceptual uh, or experience and rational the yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. All right, Kylie, who would you like to hear us interview next? Huh. Um, you know, actually, uh, I, I think, uh, um, it, I, I don't know if he, if he's up for it, but I, I think it would be, uh, it would be a good idea to, uh, to have on, uh, my coach, Justin. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think yes. Yeah, I think that would be great. We agree. We like Justin. Every yeah. time we're on the pool deck, Aaron and I always find ourselves just like sitting there and listening and it's like, "Oh, that was good. That was good." Oh, like I think Aaron's had a conversation with him a time or two. Um, and then my last uh question we have on here is what question are we not asking that we should be? Ah. Um I guess I so I haven't you know, I, I don't have remember off the top of my head every single episode you've done and whether yeah, no, that's the okay. question's been asked. But I would just say I would like to hear more about uh, just in general people's opinions on what they would like to see changed in the sport, whether this is mm -hmm. at the institutional level of like, yeah. say, USA Diving, World Aquatics, even among the NCAA, or, you know, just... Like, you know, I, and when I say that, I mean, in terms of how those institutions are organized or right. into how the sports actually done itself as small as something like this dives DD is undervalued all the way, right. all the way up to, you know, how uh, into like maybe judging being more standardized, like right. this should be a specific deduction. This should, or, you know uh things like that i want i want to hear more uh thoughts on like on that i know i've heard from the you know you've heard from the pool deck people have always always yep. have something to say about the yep. uh about, about the judging there's and, <laughs> yep. 
and all that and or you like you know i like i hear this about like 205b on one meter why is it only three two yeah that's why nuts. is 205c only three oh you know like yeah and these are just a few examples you hear yep. all sorts of this i want to i want to hear that highlighted more on the podcast all right awesome we'll do our best to do that um so for our listeners before we say goodbye just a reminder uh, go to divingpod.com. You can check out uh, for the first ever clinic. That's June 7, 8, and 9. Um, Aaron's coming down to Clarion to help coach. Um, but the most important thing, Kylie, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I was very impressed by you a couple years back at um, IUPUI's pool when I first met you and Steph had introduced us. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I think you're just a fun person to be around. Like, I remember looking at you and being like, what are you listening to? And I don't know why I remember this. I remember you looking at me saying my chemical romance. And I'm like, let's go. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yes. So um, love that band. You've just been someone who every time I check in with and I just see you post something, I'm like, I hope you're doing well. It's always fun to talk to you. I was really grateful that you were willing to come and join us. And just thank you so much. Yeah. And just keep kicking butt, man. Keep of kicking course. butt whenever you're diving. We're hoping to see you at trials. We think you got screwed at winners. I'll say it. Uh, so I think I just didn't. I mean, I personally did not have the best meet there. Maybe more I could have done on my part, but that's that's what I'm going to be taking with me moving forward. We got Big Tens uh, coming up at yeah. the end of February, and yeah. then NCs at the end of March. Those those are two chances left for me to get a trial score. So we will have to see. Yeah, I, I, fu- I fully believe you're going to be there and uh, we will be there cheering for you. So just thank you so much for joining us. Keep kicking butt. We'll be cheering. Um, and then if you need anything from us, just let us know. For sure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. If you're out there listening, just hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod. Our email is the diving pod at gmail.com. Um, another sponsor, Cowing Robards. They do our t-shirts and hoodies. The online store is divingpod.itemorder.com. If you want to go check that out, get yourself hooked up with something, enter divepod at checkout. It's all one word. That gets me paying for your shipping. So Kylie, once again, appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm sure we'll see you soon. All right. Thanks for having me. This is great. All right. We'll see you next time.